our hands up who's having leftovers for lunch today. Admittedly, a late lunch for some of you, but perfect lunchtime for the others. Now, it's been one of the best things about Christmas lunch, isn't it? Particularly this sweet treats, the leftovers. And if you're expecting a hot, hot day, it's so nice to avoid the kitchen for most of the day and have some of those leftovers. Sophie Gilliatt is one half of the Dinner Ladies, the cooking duo who specialise in Make It Now to Serve Later. Hi, Sophie. Hi, Sophie. Thanks for joining me. Now, your cookbook called Dinner Ladies, as I mentioned, is filled with recipes that um, that can be prepared so early. So I guess that... Well, I'm guessing you, you had your Christmas lunch all prepared by last Monday. Oh, well, I got all our Christmas lunch from work, so so I'm a bit of a cheater. Um, but I did actually... Do you mean other food. people cooked it for well, you? Well, I caused it to be cooked by other people, right. by our own staff. They're my recipes. Um, I, I was hands-on, okay? Um, but so, so, yes, look, everything we do, we did at the kitchen... We then just reheat, which is great because I'm down at a, like so many people are at this time of year, at a, you know, beach house with a dodgy kitchen with three burners that don't work. So, you know, it was just a matter of emptying the pre-done braised peas on the, into the saucepan on the stove. And we actually put a goose um, on the barbecue, oh. which, was, which was sort of exciting. That um, is exciting. Yeah, anyway, How do, you, that was, do you cook goose in a special way on a barbecue? We cooked it in the Weber um, on indirect heat, over a pan because it um it does exude a lot of fat, but it was it was pretty amazing. And 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 is it, has it got a tendency to go dry if you don't cook it properly? Mm, well, no, because I think goose is actually it's half bone and half fat, so um so the very little meat there is is very well lubricated. Um, so that's that's one that's one good thing about it. No, it's it's an absolutely delicious meat, but it's probably not the most practical thing, particularly if you're feeding a crowd because. It looks enormous and it ends up feeding about four people. Now, Sophie, I'm imagining that there's there's fridges all across Australia just chock full of yep. leftovers today. <laughs> all those lucky people. All those nutty people. I mean, if they're anything like me, I made four salads yesterday. Don't ask me why. I, I like salads and I couldn't choose, so I figured, why not? Just put four on the table. Great. I hope if you, the, the good thing is if you're making a salad, this is my tip, is only to dress as much as you definitely are going to need because then if you keep the dressing aside and the assembled salad aside, it's still going to be good for a few days. But once it's dressed, you're sort of a bit limited what you can do with it afterwards because it, uh, yeah, most salads don't improve after being dressed, do So they? we're good to chop and shred but just don't dress? Yeah, I would say so. Any other tips for saving leftovers and, and then bringing them back to life when you reserve <sighs> them? Look, the saving part, I, my, my big thing, I think... The thing that we always dreaded about leftovers as children, I think, is that people had the idea of doing European-style leftovers. So all our ideas were from the Northern Hemisphere, and they involved things like making turkey into casseroles or pies or, you know, which first of all means that the turkey gets cooked twice, So, but it's already can be a dry bird. So after twice cooking, it's sort of like, you know, you're chomping your way through bits of cardboard. Um, but also, it's not really food. You don't really feel like casseroles at this time of year. No, it's, it's it's cool weather food. Yeah. So so suddenly, once you change your thinking and think, okay, these are all brilliant. We've got these brilliant cooked proteins, but we don't want to cook them again. So suddenly, you think, okay, I've got all this leftover beautiful turkey meat. Let's make a Vietnamese turkey salad. So like a Vietnamese chicken salad. So shredded cucumber, oh, shredded carrot and cabbage and spring onions and 
peanuts and sesame seeds and, you know, fish sauce, lime juice, chilli sort of dressing and your shredded turkey. And suddenly everyone's appetites are woken up again after feeling... You've, oh, wo- you've woken up my thing. appetite. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think there's lots of ideas like that where... Or one of the things I love doing is you've got leftover roast pork or leftover turkey, pretty much leftover most things. Um, rice paper rolls are brilliant because, you know, you just put in some raw vegetables and, you know, maybe some hoisin sauce and your shredded meats and, um, and roll it up and it's... You know, it's such a lovely summary thing to do. And are there some leftovers that we just simply shouldn't be ingesting because, you know, we might be prone to food poisoning or um, the taste is just going to be oh, yuck? It, <laughs> I th- it very much depends on how it was treated on the day. So if you had a lovely warm Christmas and your turkey was brought out and then it sat around for, you know, four hours and then people started picking at it and it didn't go back to the fridge until someone woke up, you know, at midnight and thought, oh, whoops, the turkey. Uh, yeah, you should probably be in the turkey because um, that could be dangerous. If, if it came out, you know, you ate it in the normal time frame and it was back being cooled within four hours and that the four-hour rule goes for most things, um, then you're fine. Oh, for most things, right? Okay, yeah, so that's pretty much the rule. As long as it's down to down to um, you know, uh, it it should be down. I don't have the figures in front of me, so don't quote me. But it should be down to say below twenty degrees within four hours, and then down to fridge temperature below five degrees within six hours for Do, safety. I mean, does that cover desserts as well, like biscuits or cake? No, or, you know, all those things that we indulged no, in yesterday. <laughs> oh, your Christmas sounds good. Um. I wouldn't, I think the things with desserts you'd be concerned about are custards because it's got eggs and cream. Those things, are, you know, they can be dangerous. Things like cakes, um, pudding, I mean, Christmas pudding is so full of booze that you actually can have it <laughs> sitting. Well, we, we have ours sometimes made for six months and just, you know, sitting in the pantry. It's like and natural also, preservation, isn't it? It's exactly. That's what they were invented for. And also with things like cakes or bickies, if they are going bad, Really, what they'll show, they might show some mould or they might be soft or something. They're not going to be the hidden nasties like salmonella or, you know, the, the pathogens that you don't notice that you only find out about 72 hours later or, you know, when, it's, when it attacks you. And that's, that's more from, from proteins. On ABC Local Radio across the country, thanks for keeping me company on this Boxing Day. I'm Sad Pashena Mish, and I'm speaking to Sophie Gilliatt, who's one half of the Dinner Ladies. We've been talking about leftovers uh, so far, but uh, Sophie, the the weather has warmed up rather quickly um, across most parts of the country, and I don't fancy spending hours on end in a hot kitchen thinking of meals. Is there, no some, <laughs> is there some way we can minimise time in the kitchen yet eat really good food? Well, what are your some of your hot tips on that? Oh, don't say hot though. Um, <laughs> cool, cooling tips. Look, I mean, the, the no-brainer is barbecuing because someone else ideally does it because, you know, we know how the men folk like to take care of the barbecuing and look noble while they drink a beer and, you know, stand around. Um, so also that just means the only indoors jobs are marinating something and maybe making a salad. But barbecues also can be used so brilliantly for um, vegetables as well. And or, so you can make a salad that might just seem a sort of ordinary salad like avocado and maybe baby tomatoes and some basil. And then you barbecue some corn and slice off your barbecued corn onto the salad and suddenly it's, you know, 
quite exciting and still, so you've got some hot elements, but they're kept way out of the kitchen. But also, That's one I of was, the salads we had yesterday, actually. Oh, it's, it was, it's very good, isn't it? It is. Mm. <laughs> um, the, the other thing I'd say is when, when you can face the kitchen, and, you know, sometimes it does have to be faced, if you do it early in the morning or you do it, I mean, I'm, I'm not a brilliant person at sitting down and relaxing in the middle of the day. So while the rest of my family are, are sort of snoozing in the early afternoon, I'll go and do a few things in the kitchen. But I just make sure if I'm doing it, there is no point in making one thing at once, you know. If you are, even if it's something simple like you're making a salad dressing, make a jar of it. Or so cook it in bulk. Make, yeah, if, even if it's not a cooking thing, even, even just the act sometimes when it's very warm of measuring out ingredients is a bit of a hassle. So just do it once and do it for, a, you know, five dinners and you will be feeling really cool every time you grab it out of the fridge and think, oh, this is my own bespoke salad dressing. You know? So, Sophie, what about getting up really early in the morning and cooking a whole batch of food yeah. and putting it in the freezer? I know that um, I'm a fan of your book, Dinner Ladies. We use it a lot well, in, your, in our household. And we do much. freeze a lot yeah. of food because it makes the week much easier. So of course it does. Would you recommend that, you know, get up at six in the morning, cook a huge batch and then don't worry about it for the well, rest the, of the week? The only thing is once you've said get up at six, you've lost 90% of people on holiday, so they might be thinking, that sounds really mean, I don't want to do that. I think also even on the best beach holiday or the best any holiday or the best summer, you'll have a couple of days, you know, where the somebody comes in and everyone's saying, oh, what should I do? Well, it's a great time to go and, you know, go to the supermarket, get your ingredients, get those lovely little plastic litre tubs and a permanent marker and come home and cook up a storm and then put things away in the fridge and the freezer and say what they are. And then, yeah, then the weather will go back to beautiful and you will be so well ahead of yourself. Particularly if you cook things like things like chili con carnies or vegetarian chilies if you're vegetarian or those sorts of things that can go a few different ways. You can, you know, have them one night with tacos and burritos and another night have it with a baked potato. And, you know, there's those sorts of dishes that, um, that are versatile and really that you, you don't get sick of, particularly if you're feeding a crowd and feeding you know, kids and teenagers. Uh, you mentioned getting a marker, Sophie. Uh, I've got to tell you that um, the, the other day my husband uh, defrosted one of our meals from the fridge thinking yes. that it was a curry with kale, but it was actually a curry soup with lentils and he put that on rice. I mean, it's not the, well, the worst yeah. food crime in history. but no, um... you have to love your mistakes. <laughs> Any advice for proper labelling to avoid those sorts of disasters? I, I, think, well, I think it is that because when you've just made it, you think of course I know what this is. And you put it in the freezer and think, of course I know where that is. So, you know, two weeks later, you're thinking, you know, it's like that memory card game. And you're thinking, wait, no, which was it? And they all, after a little time, look about the same sort of colour. Everything is sort of a brownie reddish. That's right. Um, they're quite nondescript. Yeah, well, from the outside, because they're so opaque, those, those um, containers. But, yeah, so you just need, you just need even just a scrawl on the top, you know, Bolognese, and if you say when it's made too, just not for safety so much if it's in the freezer because things are safe in the freezer, you know, pretty much indefinitely. I was going to ask about that. So can you can you freeze a meal forever? Well, we we like to say you could you know unearth a woolly mammoth steak and eat it (laughs) safely. It just wouldn't be very nice, you know. I think after a certain length of time, textures textures do deteriorate. But if it has actually remained frozen, then um, it is safe to eat. 
but you still you probably want to turn them over, you know, just just um, to keep things at their best quality, I guess. Surely it's going to taste better than two minute noodles, still. Yeah, what even ancient ancient mystery me? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I look honestly because of the business that we have. You know, we'll often have things squirreled away, and I'll find them two years later and um, frozen. I'm saying, and you know, they will be absolutely fine. Everything I find, particularly if it's been away for a long time, needs a bit of love just before the table. So, you know, some extra herbs, a bit of lemon juice and parmesan. Seasoning sometimes seems to die off when it's been in the freezer for a while. I don't know if that's not scientifically accurate. I'm just, but to my taste, it does. So just, if you know, taste things just before that you serve them and make them look a bit prettier and taste a bit zingier. Uh, and uh, Sophie, thanks so much for all of that advice. So what I got out of it was get a big fat marker and make sure that I'm labelling my food really well. If you're uh, really jiffy, you could do it with one of those, um, you know, those brilliant label makers. What are they called? The, the Dynamo or whatever. Those that's ones. right. I'm going yes. to invest in one of those. Thanks yes. for your time today. Oh, it's been fun. That's Sophie Gilliatt. is one half of the Dinner Ladies and you can find that cookbook with the same name in a lot of good bookstores.